teachings of the Ascended Masters have been called the path above the path. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. Well, greetings and welcome. Happy New Year to our faithful listener. Um, You are tuned to The Open Door, the Internet voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Ross Brunson. Today's focus, decrees and how we can learn to command God. (laughs) Commanding God. You know, I remember when I first heard that, and I felt a little odd deep down. It was one of those ooh moments. Like waiting for a bolt of lightning to strike off? Yeah, I mean, seriously. You know, as we said last week and a number of times before that, God has told us explicitly, command ye me. So it's not like you didn't ask for it. And I, I believe we can take God at his word. Yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. Remember also that we've spoken repeatedly about the power that we possess to be co-creators with God. And this is because everything is God to begin with. You know, right. Um, as we've reminded um, our listeners before and probably will many times again, it is God's energy that we are using to move, to think, to do, to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just need to be aware of the awesome responsibility we have to create wisely and well. Right. With power comes responsibility. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. And I know that we seem to come back again and again to this, uh, this theme of creating with God. You know, well, frankly, I'm not sure we'll ever exhaust the subject. Just our listeners now. <laughs> and if we really want to know why things happen in our lives. You know, like certain karmic events. Yeah, we, yeah. we have to understand that this God-given creative accountability exists. If we don't believe this and understand it, some things are just going to keep repeating themselves until we finally wake up to that mm-hmm. reality. And the reality is of our personal responsibility for what we experience and what we do in our day-to-day lives. Yeah, you know, and it brings us back again to how can we safely and wisely command God to help us create the life we want to experience. We need an owner's manual, right? <laughs> we need an owner's manual, yeah. So when we read the, the, the phrase, the statement that the call compels the answer, we understand this to mean that when we pray or we decree or we make a call to God, mm-hmm. we're doing so in the name of God, and because of that, we're speaking as God with the power of God. It's kind of like, I don't know, spiritual power of attorney, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> not a bad way to put it. Uh, you remember we talked about how inserting the words God in me is, whenever you say I am, it really helps you to think in a different way. If, if I'm saying to myself, you know, I'm, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Well, wait a minute, God in me is tired? Doesn't no, probably not. But my human expression, my human manifestation may get tired or may feel limited in some way, but it's when we realize that God is the only power that can act, that's when we understand Ah, I am using God's energy and only God's energy mm-hmm. to move, to be, to think, etc. And I know that I hear people saying, okay, fine, you know, I, I prayed for things many times, but I never got what I prayed for. You know, I'll come. Well, we know that the perfect answer from God may not look anything like <laughs> what we expect his answer to look like. And, you know, I mean, if you want to feel a little helpless, try helping your young child with new math. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, right. You may get a different answer than what you expect. That's right. You know, and, and in terms of the answer that God delivers to us when we pray, um, it may not look like what we want. You know, it may not come when we want it to come. 
But this doesn't mean our prayers aren't answered. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a certain humility that should, I, I think, ideally yeah. accompany our prayers. And that humility that says, I'm going to make a call and accept the will of God in this situation. Mm-hmm. And to know that, that we're making the call, but we don't necessarily know when this is actually going to happen or how it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We're, we're throwing ourselves into God's court in this way. Oh, yeah. You know, and this is a really big topic. And <laughs> maybe we could return to it later in the program when Sid Bennett joins us. I think that's probably a great idea. Uh, in the meantime, um, let's turn our focus back to the subject of today's program, which is decrees. All right. The call compels the answer. Uh, I'll take that as a yes. Yes. <laughs> Good. Decrees. The power of the spoken word, the creative power of sound. Right. You know, and as we said last week, we all all know that words have power and that sound has power. In fact, science moves closer every day to confirming that sound holds the key to create in the universe. You know, we've all seen those videos where somebody plays a music under a, you know, a plate of uh, water or whatever, and yeah. it makes the, it makes the certain, uh, certain forms, etc. You know, on a personal level, we have, to, we have to realize that sound has the power to unlock the dynamic energy of the spirit within us. You no, know, exactly. I think that it's been said very well before that prayer is the sound and the language of the soul. And, you know, and using dynamic decrees effectively for each of us is the harnessing of that spiritual energy and the creating of positive change for ourselves. And, of course, once we are electrodes of positive change, everything around us. Yeah, you know, and I'm pretty sure that there are many people listening who would not perhaps know the word decrease specifically. And so I think it might be helpful to those who are not familiar with decrees to think of them as affirmations or mantras. Mm -hmm. You know, a a decree is really an affirmation or a confirmation of something that we wish to manifest. Mm -hmm. Remember last week when we shared that short decree, I am a being of violet fire. I am the purity God desires. Mm -hmm. In that very short decree, we're affirming that our true nature as a being of violet fire, and we're expressing our desired state as manifesting the purity of God's reality. You know, and we should point out that most decrees you will find have a very clear structure that is actually more involved than the simple affirmation we've given you as an example. Yes, I agree. A standard decree usually begins with an opening, mm-hmm. a salutation, kind of like a letter. Mm-hmm. And in the opening, we're going to address our decree to our own Christ self and that portion of God we each possess called the I Am Presence. Yeah, and we may call upon the Ascended Masters as well, uh, individual masters of the entire company of Ascended Saints. Right, I mean, the, the, the Ascended Masters have generalists and specialists as well. <laughs> you know, we, then we make our personal calls or our prayers for the outcome that we desire for ourselves, for others, for the world. Yeah, and then we, we, we give the decree out loud and perhaps repeating it many times. Mm-hmm. And we've heard before that not, not only is it the, you know, we do the first decree for God because he gets it and the mm-hmm. others are for us, yeah. but it's also the creation of that repetition mm-hmm. over and over and over. You know, and then, of course, speeding up uh, the repetitions to add energy and power to that expression of the decree. Yeah, I remember one of the people I first encountered in these teachings said that when you begin to increase the, the speed of the repetitions of the decree, you're spinning your chakras. Mm-hmm. Kind of giving them a little bit of one of those, like a magic top. Centrifuge. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, when we've completed the decree, we seal them by asking that what we have decreed for be manifested on earth as it is in heaven. And since we've already asked for this to be the will of God, mm-hmm. we pretty much are turning it over and we know what's going to happen. And as I like to say, as above, so below. Or as you sometimes say, as above, soon, soon below. below. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the famous alchemical formula. Mm-hmm. It's really a lot of what decrees are about. We're using alchemy, or as, it, as it's been defined to us, the all chemistry of God, 
to create what we desire, manifested through the will of God. Indeed, and of course that brings us right back again to our constant theme of co-creating with God. A nice return. Yeah. <laughs> to help us complete this circle, we've asked our friend Terry Kennedy to read a brief excerpt from The Creative Power of Sound by Elizabeth Clare Prophet. In this clip, Mrs. Prophet explores the power of sound to create the effectiveness of spoken prayers compared to silent prayer and much more. Take it away, Terry. The Creative Power of Sound Spoken prayer is more effective than silent prayer. Genesis tells us that God began the process of creation by speaking. He said, Let there be light, and the universe began. Is sound so powerful? Well, sound does more than ripple through our eardrums. We know it can be a dramatic, destructive force. The high-pitched note that shatters a wine glass, the sonic boom that cracks plaster, the gunshot that sets off an avalanche. But sound is also a constructive force, as doctors and health practitioners are discovering every day. Ultrasound, high-pitched sound waves, is being used for everything from cleaning wounds to diagnosing tumors to pulverizing kidney stones. Someday it may even be used to inject drugs into the body, making needles obsolete. Scientists are now researching sound's impact on the brain. Certain kinds of classical music, like Bach, Mozart, and Beethoven, have a range of positive effects, including temporarily raising IQ, expanding memory, and speeding learning. Some alternative medical practitioners are experimenting with using specific tones to heal the organs. Other researchers are looking at the effects of some of the sounds that originate in the human voice box, prayer, and chanting. Sound, the energy of creation. Some people chant for relaxation or healing, others to contact God and the infinite. But many people are also discovering that sound is the energy that causes things to come into being, to exist. It's the energy that can create. And if we use the energy of sound properly, we can create positive change in every area of life. For centuries, mystics have been telling us that sound actually creates matter. A mystic is someone who seeks direct contact or union with God. The mystics believe the world is a reflection of infinite combinations of sound patterns. They say that all things, from the biggest star to the smallest flower and even you and I, are coagulations of sound waves. This may be difficult to understand, let alone believe, but science has provided some corroboration for the mystic's assertion. On a cosmic scale, there may be evidence that sound has left its imprint on the galaxies. Some scientists argue that the galaxies are not arranged at random but in a regular pattern of clusters. Now researchers are suggesting that it was primordial sound waves that helped create this pattern of clusters. On a smaller scale, Hans Jenny, a Swiss scientist, passed sound waves through various kinds of malleable matter, such as paste and sand. When we look at the patterns created by these waves, we can begin to imagine how creation by sound might occur. How Mantras and Chants Harness Sound The sound by which all things are created isn't just any sound. It's the Word of God. Hindu, Buddhist, and Jewish mystics believe that this Word creates and pervades everything that exists. If we believe the mystics, 
The Word is the most powerful creative force in the universe. And there is a way we can harness that force. The mystics of East and West have connected with the power of creation by repeating spoken mantras and the names of God. A mantra is a word or combination of words held to be sacred. Many mantras are composed of Sanskrit words. According to Hindu tradition, mantras were received by God-inspired sages who were able to listen to the fundamental tones of the universe. Hindu and Buddhist mystics believe mantras can unleash forces that can create or destroy. Hindu writings tell us that yogis have used mantras along with visualizations to light fires, materialize physical objects like food, bring rain, and even influence the outcome of battles. But producing physical changes wasn't their primary goal. They believed that mantras helped them to achieve enlightenment and oneness with God by bringing them protection and wisdom, enhancing their concentration and meditation, and simply propelling them back to God. Hindus and Buddhists aren't the only ones who have used the power of the Word. Prayers are spoken, sung, and chanted in churches, temples, and mosques around the world. Christians pray the Our Father aloud in church. Jews give the Shema in their synagogues. Some Christian monks chant their prayers. Perhaps the practice is so widespread because people of many religions instinctively recognize the effectiveness of spoken prayer. Well, thank you very much, Terry. Um, coming up, we will explore some of the other facets of decrees, including the setting up of a protective force field to protect our expanding spiritual consciousness, the necessity of forgiveness, and the power of visualization in maximizing the effects of our decrees and prayers. We'll even share a couple of simple yet very powerful decrees. Don't go away. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from earth schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. 
Zoomed Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoomed Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoomed Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Welcome back. In the following interview entitled Commanding God, Elizabeth Clare Prophet discusses how to use God's energy in a scientific way. She tells us how our consciousness can be affected by outer stimuli and what we can do to protect ourselves. And she'll examine more deeply the power of the decree to literally command God in his name. Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon. We've been talking about the uses of energy, and you've been instructing us on a number of techniques. It's such a fascinating subject. Let's just go a little further into it. Well, my first advice to someone who would begin to use God's energy in a scientific way is that you need to establish a force field, a force field of protection around your aura and around your chakras because you are now qualifying the energy of life within you in a different manner than the way in which it is being qualified by most of the people on earth today. In addition, our bodies and our minds are constantly subject to all types of energies. Energies from earth, radio waves, television waves, and rays from the sun. In addition, we are all influenced by the mass consciousness, by thoughts and feelings of people near and far. And... We have to realize that through the media, through everything that we have eye contact with, from the daily newspapers to the billboards, there is an impression made upon consciousness, and this too is the qualification of energy. If we then are going to take dominion within the microcosm of the self, we need to establish a force field that is going to protect the new consciousness, the cosmic consciousness that we are in pursuit of and that we desire to experience every day. And so there is an energy of white light that we can draw forth from the I am that I am within us, from this great I am presence. This white light of energy is called the tube of light. And it's very easy to visualize this tube of light because you can just see yourself standing in a giant milk bottle, the glass kind of milk bottle, filled with milk, and it is that sense of the white light. And the top of the milk bottle, narrowing, is going toward the source of this energy, which is the I Am Presence, and the energy comes into that giant milk bottle over the crystal cord. It's like seeing a straw coming out of the milk bottle going straight up to an energy field that is a very high concentration of light that we call the I Am Presence. So the invocation of the tube of light is a way of setting your force field for meditation, for the science of the spoken word, or for just one's daily activities. In those heart, head, and hand decrees by El Moria, 
He includes, as the next decree, the tube of light. I would like to give it now so that people can get used to hearing what it sounds like to actually vocalize one's mantras and one's meditations. Beloved, I am presence bright. Round me seal your tube of light. From ascended master flame, call forth now in God's own name. Let it keep my temple free from all discord sent to me. I am calling forth violet fire to blaze and transmute all desire, keeping on in freedom's name till I am one with a violet flame. Now as I'm giving this invocation or this mantra to God, the I Am Presence, I am visualizing myself standing inside this giant tube of light, this giant milk bottle, and around me, within it, is the energy of the violet flame saturating my form, going through my body, blazing through the skin, through the arteries, the veins, through the arms, the legs, the extremities. And I am feeling, in addition to seeing, a saturation of my being with the energy of the Holy Spirit. Giving this mantra, I am concentrating on this vision of the self, and that which I see, the energy which I invoke, will become. The energy of God will actually coalesce around your visualization. In addition, it will manifest according to the direction of your inner self, your real self, who is always the director of the mantra and the meditation. So I'll give it once again. Beloved, I am presence bright. Round me seal your tube of light. From ascended master flame, call forth now in God's own name. Let it keep my temple free from all discord sent to me. I am calling forth violet fire to blaze and transmute all desire, keeping on in freedom's name till I am one with a violet flame. You'll notice in the giving of this mantra that there is a certain commanding presence, a certain authority, which we use in dealing with God's energy. This is what makes the mantra different from a prayer of supplication, which is the talk with God, the conversation, the communion with God, the request. This mantra is rather a decree of the alchemist, the one that we call the artisan in the temple, the one who is working out the alchemy or the problem of being, the equation of being within the self. He sees that the energy of God within himself is his to command, and therefore he commands this energy to coalesce in a force field that has been predetermined, that has been ordained by God as a force field of protection, and which he is then visualizing and bringing into manifestation by his attunement with the inner self, by his oneness with the I Am Presence. In other words, you're saying that people have the right to order God... People have the right to use God's energy in God's name. When God created male and female, it is recorded in the book of Genesis, he said, Take dominion over the earth. God gave to us the command, and our answer is to command the energies of earth to come into alignment. Now, the command of energy is building an airplane, a ship, or advancing technology, or splitting the atom, or planting a garden. We are taking dominion over the earth each time we take on a project that is for the general welfare, for the common weal, for the blessing of the race. This is commanding God. 
but it sounds like blasphemy because we have not thought in terms of God being energy. But all of life is God, and this is not pantheism. This is the awareness of the omnipresence of love. So we're taking a shortcut. Instead of spending a great deal of time building our project and so forth, we're going directly to the source. We go to the source. We predetermine what it is we desire to accomplish. We call forth the energy, and we seal it in a pattern or a matrix that has been already designed by God and that by our free will we are confirming or ratifying. The material you discussed sounds very much like all the ingredients for the ritual. Would you talk about the element of ritual in using the science of the spoken words? Well, that little word ritual has an interesting meaning to me. I take it apart and I think of write you all. Ritual then, whether it is in the laboratory of the scientist or at the keyboard of the concert pianist, a ritual is a way of ordering energy for its greatest use by man. Write you all means the writing of the energies. We have all misqualified God's energy. Yesterday we were angry, the day before we were jealous, the day before we had fear and perhaps torment or great grief. That also is the use of God's energy. The goal of life is to qualify all energy with the law of perfection and the law of love. This is not impossible, but very possible to us because we are the handiwork of God and because we are joint heirs of that consciousness which Jesus knew as the Christ and which Gautama knew as the Buddha. And so... This use of energy, then, in ritual, becomes a daily activity whereby we say, Okay, God has given me so much energy, I'm going to make the maximum use of that energy. Yesterday, God gave me some energy, which I didn't use very well. He has given me now his gift of the Holy Spirit and of sacred fire. So I'm going to call upon his law of forgiveness, his law of transmutation, and I'm going to ask God to take his sacred fire and pass it through the energies of yesterday and of hatred and turn them into love, change the water into wine, change the water of my human imperfection into the wine of God's divine perfection. And so in these heart, head, and hand decrees, Beloved El Mori has given to us a mantra for forgiveness. This forgiveness puts us in tune with our inner real self, the Christ, who has the authority within our being to forgive sin. Jesus was the personification of that Christ, and therefore when he went to heal, he said, Thy sins be forgiven thee. In making that statement, he caused the alignment of atoms and molecules, and therefore wholeness took place. The Christ within us is declaring now, Thy sins be forgiven thee. In order to accept that forgiveness, we give the following mantra. I am forgiveness acting here, casting out all doubt and fear, setting men forever free with wings of cosmic victory. I am calling in full power for forgiveness every hour. To all life in every place, I flood forth forgiving grace. Thus, as we forgive life, life forgives us. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
So this mantra for forgiveness demands that we release forgiveness to everyone. Wherever we have the sense of injustice or we have been wronged, we visualize this violet flame of forgiveness going forth from our heart, going forth in this mantra of the spoken word, contacting every individual with whom we have ever had a misunderstanding. And we feel this tremendous peace and love and this resolution of discord and problems that have occurred. As we send out forgiveness, life sends forgiveness back to us. The Bible says, Cast thy bread upon the waters, and after many days it shall return to thee. Our bread is our energy. We cast it forth upon the waters of the human consciousness, and as it is the pure energy of God, it comes back to us. This is the law of the circle, the law of karma, the law of cause and effect in work in our life. It is as a man soweth, that shall he also reap. When we sow energy as good vibration, we reap energy as good vibration, and we start this upward spiral, and the culmination of that spiral is soul liberation, whereby the soul reunites day by day with the Spirit of the living God. As Paul said, I die daily, so we say, I ascend daily. The dying is the putting off of the old man, the ascending is the putting on of the new man. Through the science of the spoken word, we are actually ascending every day. Thank you very much for some very useful instruction. Up next, our weekly visit and Q&A with Sid Bennett. Don't go away. online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology. 
technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. We're back, and joining us once again is Sid Bennett. Hello, Sid. Hi, Good Sid. morning. Hi. Well, um... Jumping right into this, Sydney, um, we are aware that uh, the power of decrees and the spoken word is really nothing new. Um, in fact, aren't there examples of this power expressed in the Bible and elsewhere? Well, of course there are. There's, you know, the very book of Genesis. What's the the big command of God? Let there be light. It's a fiat. It's an intonation of the word. God didn't say. Mm. Going to make some light, he said. Let there be light, <laughs> and of course, this is repeated many times throughout the Bible. Um, you look at Jericho and the Battle of Jericho. What they do? They walked around. Uh, I think it was seven times or every day, and and they they did their their sounds and so forth. And eventually, the walls came tumbling down. So it's a very powerful thing. Like and the then finally, protest, protest march. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, a little different, I guess. But then the final thing, of course, is when Lazarus come forth. You know, Jesus mm. didn't say. Lazarus, please come forth and show them. <laughs> he, he shouted with a loud voice. Mm-hmm. It was the power of his, the presence of the word. So mm-hmm. yes, it, the Bible is filled with it. What I think is missing here is the realization that it's not just for the prophets and for Jesus. It's for everyone. Yeah, everybody can use it. Why do you suppose it is that this, this power that we possess to command God in, in his name is not more widely understood or practiced? I mean, aside from ritual prayers, are you aware of any of the established Western traditions of using dynamic decrees? Not at all. And I think this is a tragedy because what happens is people, of course, when they first hear this, well, this is blasphemy. I can't ask, you know, I can't command God to do things. Who am I? You know, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And again, it's ignorance is part of it. And I think the other part of it is there's um, a, a concerted effort to keep this power from the people. Mm-hmm. Because if people realize the potential they have and the power they have through the spoken word, then they can't be controlled as easily. Do you, are you aware of any um, teachings that might have not made it into the Bible but were part of the Apocrypha that do speak specifically to, to decrees? You, you know, I think that there are, there are many references, not just in the Apocrypha, but also in the Bible itself. And, of course, we know many things were left out of the Bible, mm-hmm. perhaps because of the content they had. And mm-hmm. those that were, were deciding what goes in didn't like it. So, yes, there are many of those. I remember the reason I, I brought that up was that I think it was the Gospel of Thomas where he said, uh, let he who has ears hear, and let he who has eyes see. And it was always followed with an exclamation point, as if it was a commanding the audience to understand there was a deeper level of communication being delivered here. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So an example. Old Testament wake-up call. <laughs> yeah. Like, hello there. Um, I know that um, you, you had given us an example last week, which we actually repeated earlier here about I'm a being of fire, I'm the purity God desires. Um most decrees, as we said, are a bit more elaborate uh, than that. And in fact, I think we mentioned it earlier that they have a very definitive structure. Would you mind kind of expanding a bit on the structure, kind of how things all fit together? Sure. And I think it's an understanding. There actually is a science to the use of the spoken word. Mm-hmm. And there are laws of the universe that, that operate um, independently, law of gravity and so on and so forth, physical laws. And so the science of the word, spoken word, in, in one sense, is the same thing. 
And so you use worded formulas, just as you use a formula to make something in chemistry, uh, use a worded formula to bring forth that which you're, you're praying for. And in fact, we've been given some of these words and decrees from the Ascended Masters because of their ability to hold light and cups of light. Mm -hmm. And essentially, um, other than perhaps a short mantra that we might give or a heartfelt prayer, there's an opening of it where you invoke the name of God, because nothing we do is outside of that. Mm -hmm. Everything is in the name of God. Otherwise, we're just, it's just, you know, it's a mental exercise. Then the second thing, as you mentioned, and, and Mrs. Prophet mentioned, there's a body of the decree where we call forth cups of light and we repeat it. And people keep saying, well, why do you need to repeat it? Well, what you're doing, remember, is you're drawing down light. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's like opening a faucet. Well, how much water do you need to wash the dishes or take a bath? It's not just two drops. You have to open that faucet mm -hmm. long enough to draw down, down enough water, or as we're talking about, light. Because there's, it's an equation of light and darkness that we're always dealing with. So that's why we repeat it. Then, of course, you have the conclusion where you affirm that this is coming into manifestation and, um, and you accept it done, you know, not just saying it, but you accept it as your prayer is being answered. So you're bringing it basically into physical manifestation or as close to that as you can. Absolutely, prayer. absolutely. And, and, you know, this is not something, you know, we're not magicians in the sense that we conjure something up and it appears. Mm -hmm. We are, in a sense, practicing the use of energy the use of energy from our I am presence, from our God presence, and specifically directing in certain things. And some things take more energy than others, I'll tell you. And I would imagine some prayers take longer than others to become manifest. Well, I mean, this goes back to the whole question of, you know, God doesn't answer my prayers. You know, <laughs> I, I prayed for a new car, and, you know, I'm still driving on this old thing. Um, you know, you have to take the perspective of God. <laughs> and um, God's role in life and in our lives is not just to give us the physical things we need, but it's for the nurturing of our soul. And I'll give you an example of this. When people are sick, they understandably pray for healing. And they don't always get healed. Mm -hmm. One reason for that would be is because God is saying, you know, I just don't want you to be healed of the symptoms of your illness. I want you to be healed of the cause. And sickness sometimes makes us go deeper within ourselves at levels we've never experienced before to try and find out what that is and what we need to do differently. When you heal the cause, then the symptoms will go away as right. well. It's funny you say that because I was sitting here thinking about it as you're talking, and it's almost as if somebody says, you know, God, I want a new job. Well, that's great, but how about saying, God, I want to be deserving of having a new job. Fix that, that cause in, in the middle that's keeping the person from getting it, right? Well, and of course, you might have something you need to learn in your job. And we've all been in unpleasant circumstances that seem to go on and on and on. You know, how long, oh Lord? And of course, the answer is, I think in many cases, God's answer is, how long will it take you to realize what you need to learn in this situation? Once you learn that, it can be changed instantly. So, mm -hmm. you know, we can ask for prayers, but more importantly, ask for, I mean, ask for things, ask for understanding and wisdom so that you'll understand what you're going through and be able to do things you need to do to gain that mastery, because that's what it's all about. That's mm -hmm. what God really wants mm -hmm. us. It doesn't mean he won't help us with the day-to-day -day lives. I make prayers for parking spaces, um, <laughs> and I think that's lawful because the angels can arrange that. Mm -hmm. I'm a busy schedule and so forth. So mm -hmm. no prayer is too small or too great. But you have to understand how prayer works and energy works to understand why things may be answered now or later or differently than you expect. You know, I remember um, hearing that um, there is a certain degree of mercy in the outpicturing of the answer to a prayer and that many of the saints, perhaps all of them, I don't know, were grateful for the experiences they had when they were ill. Something occurred to them, an injury or an illness, and they recognized that it was somehow in answer perhaps to a, a karmic situation is so that they would basically say thank you for this opportunity to learn to grow to expand to ascend absolutely and th these things are never pleasant to go through 
However, you know, ultimately you hear people say, you know, getting cancer was the best thing that ever happened to me, or this was the best thing. It doesn't mean they're fun, doesn't mean they're easy, but when you take the hand of God and you use prayers and decrees, you can be assured that what comes your way is in accordance with his will when you ask for it. Well, well speaking of the, the decrees themselves, is, you know, we're all under the gun sometimes and we have no time to do this, no time to do that. I think the very moment that we re- feel like we can't possibly take time to do a decree or make a call or whatever is the very moment that we need it. <laughs> so what would you say is the most important component of any decree? Well, any decree or prayer or mantra or fiat is the heart. You know, we're used to operating in our mental body and our mind. To effectively use decrees, you must move to your heart because the heart is the source of feeling, it's of love, and actually concentration comes from the heart. It doesn't come from the mind, it comes from the heart. And so engaging your heart and the depth of your being and connecting with God is the most important of a component, whether it's a five-second prayer or two hours of decrees and meditations. Uh, Sid, in terms of the decree structure, Will a decree properly structured work for anyone? Well, I think it goes back again. Are they words being repeated or are they heartfelt calls and prayers in the name of God? So the science of the spoken word does work. Absolutely it works. And Mm -hmm. for sincere people, it'll work for everyone. But let me put another side to this component. You know when the Iranians sometimes get together and they, with their mass demonstrations, chanting death to America. Well, of course, that's not something that, or they may think it's done in God's name, but obviously that <laughs> hatred yeah. is not of God. And yet that has a power, even though the power of God isn't behind it, mm-hmm. simply the number of people and the vibration sent forth actually can send forth power. And that's a misuse of the science of the spoken word. Yeah, right. Okay, so in the same vein, can somebody consciously cancel out the positive effects of another's decree? You know, in other words, two business associates or people that are going for the same bid. I mean, you know, if I choose to pray for someone and it turns out that they do not want to be prayed for, does does that desire of mine to pray for them, does that cancel out theirs? Well, <laughs> of course, people do have free will. They always have free will to do what they want. It's always lawful to pray for someone if you do it in God's name and adjust your calling to go to God's will. Mm-hmm. And when you pray for it, talk to the soul, not to the human consciousness, but to the soul. And God can adjust it so that soul can be helped. And if they don't want to be helped, well, that's their choice. Mm-hmm. I was talking to somebody the other day, and she mentioned she had gone to school in an area that was extremely religious. Uh, she went to a religious school, and she said she ended up on 50 people's prayer lists. And I said, <laughs> well, you know what you can always do? You can look at the person. You can pray for anything for me. Pray for the will of God in my life. Absolutely. Yeah. Because people innocently can send forth energy that can negatively impact you, but it's not done according to God's will. Well, that's all we have time for for the moment, but we've got a lot more to explore, so don't go away. We'll be right back with Sidney Bennett. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God. And as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? 
master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Now there's a new destination for video content. VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support. You. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. We're back with Sydney Bennett to continue our discussion of decrees and the science of the spoken word. You know, said there's a bit of a conundrum in that phrase, the science of the spoken word, and that's the capitalization of the word well, word. <laughs> what exactly is the word that we're referencing when we say the science of the spoken word? Well, the easier answer for that is to go to the book of John, which starts out, in the beginning was the word, capitalized, and the word was with God, and the word was God. It says, all things were made by him, without him was not anything made that was made. Well, is the word the him? The word is the Christ. It's the only begotten son of God that was in Jesus and is in every one of us. And that is the authority by which we can speak, because everything was made by the Word. And by the way, I wanted to to mention to you, we do have a book called The Science of the Spoken Word, which goes into detail on the things we're just really lightly touching on today. If you're interested in that, get this book, because it unleashes a power and a tool that you can use, not only to change your life, but to change the world. If you want to, you can get a copy of this book at our bookstore, which is tsl.org forward slash the numerals 104. You want to repeat that? tsl.org forward slash 104. It takes you right to the detail page for that book. 104. Thank you. You know, um, you just mentioned the fact that the word is the authority for um, creation. It's the authority, I assume, by which we decree. We're decreeing in the name of God. And I think a couple of shows ago, we talked about the um, God is the decreer, right? God is the decree, and God is that which, for which we decree. Right. So in that context, and again, I know I sound like a broken record here, but I, I, I keep coming back to the concept of creating with God's energy. Now, I believe we've made this point in previous programs, but I'd like to repeat it one more time. Everything that we do can be understood as a decree, Every thought, word, and deed is an act of creation 
with the power to bring something specific into manifestation. And there is a, a question here, I promise. <laughs> and here it is. What is it that limits the manifestation of our wishes or decrees? Is it only God's will that acts as a failsafe that limits our creation? Or is there a cosmic law that affects the full power of our decrees? Well, I think you have to remember we are on the plane of matter here. And God has told us to take dominion over the earth, which we're supposed to do. God, if he gave us unlimited power, I mean, there's no telling what trouble we get mm -hmm. into. I remember many years ago seeing an old English movie where this, the cosmic forces gave this individual the power to do anything. Mm. Well, it didn't take him long to basically destroy the planet. I mean, <laughs> yeah. one thing led to another. So what limits us is our ability to hold the light for something we're calling forth, and of course, God's will, because we can't know every detail of God's will. We may make a call for something that may conflict with what God's will is for an individual, ourselves, or someone else. Mm -hmm. But we are told to use that energy, and we can see things happen. And I want to mention one thing here. When you try the science of the spoken word, you can ask God to show you the results of that. Mm -hmm. You know, let me see that this is manifesting something positive either in my world or someone else's. That's a legitimate prayer. I remember I used to wait for the bus many years ago going to work. And on this road I was on, which was a, a, wasn't a freeway, it was like a four-lane city street, there would a guy go by every morning at about 60 miles an hour, and the speed limit was 35. <laughs> and I kept making this call. I said, Archangel Michael, you know, do something so that man doesn't drive like that because it's a danger to himself and others. I forgot about the prayer until several weeks later. I was on the bus riding to work, and I looked out the window, and there was this guy pulled off to the side with a policeman <laughs> behind him. So I know, I know prayers work. What was the old, the old one about uh, any, any speed limit, like 35, works in multiples thereof? So if you go 70, <laughs> you go 70, you get all the lights, too? I see. You know, I think it's, it's a good point. It's not my will, but thine be done. You know, you make these calls, and you have no idea in the cosmic scale of things just exactly what's going on. Maybe he had to wait for a while and get that really big ticket. Well, it was a mercy. It was a mercy yeah, yeah. to his soul because he could have killed himself or someone else. And I think, let, let's, let's talk, if I may, a bit about oh. the world scene. Yeah. You know, we see what's going on in the world and we think, oh, God, mm -hmm. I mean, this is hopeless. There's no solution to these problems. And I would agree there's no human solution. I mean, the Middle East has been a problem for our, our lifetimes and beyond. And there is no human solution to that. But there is a God-ordained solution. And we can call forth light and action in that area to change things, whether it's around the world, in the economy, wherever it is, for God to take a man and bring a solution. And when all these, for instance, these death chants come against mm -hmm. America and so forth, that's mm -hmm. an energy that gets on people, that gets on the president, mm -hmm. and that can have a tangible effect. So we need to neutralize that, and we can do that through our prayers. It, it, it's, a, it's actually a spiritual warfare of calling up enough light yeah. to counter the darkness that's on this planet. Well, you know, one thing is uh, I know a lot of people who worry about little things. I, I call them the proclamatives. You know, they worry about this, they worry about that. And one of my favorite quotes from many years ago, it was used on me, so <laughs> it works really well, is from Corey Tinboom, And she said, uh, I'm paraphrasing, that anything that's too small to pray about is too small to worry about. And so that, to me, that's exceedingly helpful. You have these conversations with people, and they, they tell you all this catalog of terrible things that are going on. My question usually to them is, depending upon if they know about calls and prayers or the teachings, I say, have you prayed about this? No. The look on people's faces when they suddenly think, well, no, I haven't, I haven't prayed about that. Huh, maybe I ought to do that. Well, every prayer, every mm -hmm. call that you make in the name of God counts. And, um, you know, it's an interesting thing. Something else happens. When we give our own prayers, of course, God can multiply those because he's the sponsor of the prayers. It's in his name we make them. Mm -hmm. But an interesting thing happens when you get a large group of people together giving these decrees, which, are, again, are scientific formulas for the drawing down of light with their heart's energy, with their heart's mm -hmm. love. 
the, the power, it's exponential. Mm-hmm. And so that is why we do have what's called group decree sessions mm-hmm. where we pray for world's, world events and situations, and they're extremely powerful. I mean, think of a, a, a 50,000 people in the stadium. Mm-hmm. If there's one person there and they yell, they cheer, it doesn't sound like much, but you get 50,000 people chanting mm-hmm. in unison. Even in a stadium, it's powerful. Yeah. And when you in, call upon the power of God and put that light in there and people working in unison, I can tell you it will change this planet, and it has changed it. We'd be in far worse shape today, I believe, and what the masters have told us, if it were not for the prayers and the decrees of the faithful. You know, and I think that brings up another point, too, about how many people does it take right. to hold the balance? You know, it doesn't really take that many. Well, it doesn't. I mean, you know the old phrase, you know, one with God is a majority. Right. Um, but the, we, God needs Christic souls on this planet that have achieved their Christhood, can hold the light. Because you, you must be able to hold the light against what it sails it. And that's why it's not an easy thing to do. But God will only give you as much as you can handle, and you protect that light. I can remember many years ago when I, in fact, one of the first conferences I went to, and of course I was decreeing and drying down all this light. The Monday after that, I was driving to work, and a dear soul, a woman in a red Porsche, <laughs> cut me off in front of it. And I, I yelled at her. You know, she didn't hear me, of course, but she yelled at the car. And I could feel the light draining out of my aura oh. that I had gotten that weekend through my prayers. And I felt terrible. And I said, I never want to do that again. So God will teach us. He'll work with us. It's a mastery, but it's a very safe thing to use when you always ask in the name of God. Mm -hmm. You know, an experience I had many years ago was I came back uh, from overseas for a conference. It was one of my first conferences as an adult. And, you know, being being here and experiencing all and everybody decreeing together and making the calls and praying together, that multiplication of light. I was like a charged electrode when I went back overseas. And I remember over the process of the next week feeling almost like a, a little vial emptying out, you know, as the, as the amount went down. Mm-hmm. And it was a, because I'd made the call and I said, I really want to see the effect of light. I want to see what this is. And it was so instructive for me that I needed to conserve that light. Not only do you need to conserve it, but we need to practice this daily. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we sleep every day, we eat every day, we need to pray and decree every day. And I want to add one thing here that's mm-hmm. it's so important for people, and that's the protection of Archangel Michael. We believe that Archangel Michael and his angels are assigned to protect us and help us in any way they can, but we must ask them. And there's some simple prayers and mantras you can give. If you're, It could be simple as, Archangel Michael, help me, help me, help mm-hmm. me. That's a decree. That's a fiat. Um, but always remember to call upon him because you need protection. When you gather this light in your aura, you need to protect it so the, mm-hmm. so you don't lose it. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, I, I think this is one of those topics that we could talk about forever because the, the the power that we possess is something that we have to constantly remind ourselves we actually have unless we get into this practice, as you're talking about, as we do here of decrees daily. But the power of the decree to affect change, the power of the decree to make things happen, is really an awesome creative power. It's not something that we're, we're talking about here as necessarily small increments. It can, the, the, the results can be immediate, they can be vast, and they can be powerful. Absolutely. You know? And I think that um, it's a sacred responsibility to use the power of God. But it's about gaining mastery, about learning in the schoolroom of life. How do we gain mastery over this planet? It's only through God. And this is a tool that has been kept from us for many thousands of years. We now have it again. It was used on Atlantis. It was used in Lemuria. It's now our opportunity again. But I want to mention one more thing. Just knowing about it isn't enough. Mm-hmm. You must experiment and use with it. God mm-hmm. will work with you. But give it a try. Do it. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you. 
And, you know, if you want to know more about these things, you can go and sign up for our TSL Now free digital newsletter. We deliver this to thousands and thousands of inboxes every other week. It has great articles on topics such as we've been talking about today, timely news, upcoming conferences, webinars, classes, new release products, and connections to everything else that we offer. While you're at it, sign up to receive the weekly online pearls of wisdom. Go to tsl.org and click on the Sign Up Today button. Well, uh, that's all the time we have for this week. Uh, I want to thank Sydney as always, and to all of you for tuning in. And please join us again next week when our topic will be soulmates and twin flames. Oh, this should be good. And no references to eHarmony. Well, I'll time. do my best. Thanks again for joining us. Be well. See you next week. In the meantime, remember that though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out of this world, right? again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.